The Seven Rock Life Show is about stories that inspire with people that you will admire, learning to develop new chapters in life, learning from the past, but letting the old stories expire so it gives room for the new stories you create. Our brand is about three things, victorious in your life, contributing to society, and having fun along the journey. Seven Rock Life is a lifestyle that inspires and gives back with a mission to impact the world one life at a time. I'm your host, Steve Mazurko. Thanks for tuning in and being part of this journey. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to Seven Rock Live Podcast. You guys are in for an amazing show just to get you guys up to date with Seven Rock Live Podcast Nation and all the great things that are happening. So first thing is uh, Seven Rock Live Podcast started March 3rd and in three months we've grown into 34 countries, over 3,000 people and I just want to thank each and every one of you that subscribe, that leave reviews, that are part of this community. We are a community that completes each other, that doesn't compete against each other, and we are a brand that inspires and gives back. So I just want to thank each and every one of you guys. We're going to continue to develop you know, great content for you all to help you become the best version that you were meant to be and live the most efficient life. Originally, Seven Rock Life podcast came from a book um, that was originally started and it was a mentality to help me get out of a funk of my life through adversities I was going through, losing my identity, being depressed, and just kind of being in a funk. And started that, it helped me, I started teaching other people, and then the journal turned into a Word document. The Word document turned into a book that's on Amazon, became bestseller um, in four different categories, and uh, in just its first week on Amazon. So check it out on Amazon.com, The Seven Rocks of Life, and uh, you'll see all the great reviews there, and it's now going to different stores around the country and around the world, so so grateful, and it's really not about a person. It's about people living the everyday life out there wanting to become the best version that they were meant to be. And uh, that's why the book was you know, originally created and the, and the mentality and brand's all about. And also, not only are we just a brand that inspires with, you know, with our book and our podcast, we're also, 7rocklife.com is a clothing brand. We believe your clothing should empower your life's mission. Check us out on 7rocklife.com. Great trends, um, summer collections. We'll have fall collections and winter collections. And this is a, a brand that gives back where every item bought on that website, another item is donated uh, to different charities and missionary work and causes around the country and around the world. So we appreciate that support, um, and it gets you the mentality that every day you're out there remembering to live that Seven Rock life. We also have some amazing things coming up over the next month or two I can't share with you, but they will be really fun in community building, and we're going to continue to develop great content on this podcast. So when you're traveling, you're on the road, you're in the gym, just subscribe, guys. Share this with people. Keep leaving reviews. Uh, any feedback, we're always about serving you and how we can help you become the best version you can be. Make sure that you own your identity. You don't rent your identity. Make sure you own your happiness. Don't rent your happiness. And the universe's gift to us is life. And what we do with our life is our gift back to it. So keeping that gift, keeping that light to others. We love each and every one of you guys. Have an awesome, awesome week and enjoy the episode. Thanks, guys. Hey guys, welcome to Seven Rock Life Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Mazurko, along with my awesome friend here, Keith Levison. It's good to have you here, my man. Steve, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. This is uh, this is fantastic. Love now, the studio and uh, you know, really appreciate your time. We're gonna have some fun, and uh, it's so funny because uh, I'll give a quick background. But I I know Keith um, through a friend, but then we realized that I grew up with your brother, and uh, you know, shout out to Mike and and being around the family. So it's such a small world how you all connect, and we're all sixty degrees of separation, I believe, and it, it's so true. And living in Long Island, I guess. Being in Long Island, uh, we're on an island, so we know each other because we're on this little uh, Long Island, which is it's a long and it's an island and uh, and all that. So, but just give a little background on Keith, guys. He's got a great resume, and um, want to introduce him. Where so basically, background with Keith, he has a co-clinical coordinator at St. Charles uh, Sports Medicine. Um, he uh, graduated 2018 from the Ohio State Upper Extremity Sports Medicine. He fellowship with an affiliation of the Cleveland Indians baseball team and medical staff. And was the full-time physical um, therapy uh, did physical therapy with the team for the 2018 season for the Columbus Clippers, and uh, he's just got an amazing um, background, doing awesome stuff, 
And uh, I'm really looking forward to get into the story because uh, we were sharing it just a little bit before. Absolutely. And, you know, really this podcast is going to be going through um, just careers that you go through in life and the adversities, the ups, the downs, the breakthroughs, um, understanding medicine and where it's going. We haven't had anybody on this uh, podcast yet talking about the medical world and you're in it and evolving with it. And we're going to just talk about a lot of great things. And he's got a baseball uh, 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 what is that? Uh, sporting my Columbus Clippers sweatshirt, and underneath that, my Cleveland Indians uh, polo that I used. Um, yeah, that I, you know, I wore with the team. I love it, and the reason why I love Cleveland Indians is because of Major League Baseball, Correct. and that movie was amazing. And Joe Boo, Joe you remember Boo? Joe Boo? Of course, yeah, of course. Joe Boo, and and Rick Rick Ron, right? Rick Ron, of course, and and all that. So wild um, thing, wild thing, man. So let's get into it. Kind of give the background: Seven Rock Life Podcast Nation uh, background and Keith, and just. Uh, growing up and kind of, you know, your childhood and then getting to, you know, where you are, uh, you know, now in the world. Sure. Absolutely. I'm happy to share. And again, thanks for having me here. This is, this is a, a, a special thing and, a, you know, and, and many, um, uh, blessings for you and your book and, um, you know, where you're headed in life. So, you know, I'm really happy for you and proud of what you, what you've been doing. So well, you know, I thanks, appreciate thanks it, for having me. Here. I love hearing stories of people and yeah, inspiring and I know you're doing amazing things. So, so yeah, so walk us through, man, just what you've been up to and growing up and all that. Right. So, you know, growing up, I mean, everyone's always had an interest in athletics and playing sports and, and, um, and that. So, um, you know, I've kind of cultivated that through, uh, through life and everyone's had their own, you know, bumps and bruises or injuries, you know, things have kind of, um, got them down, you know, mentally and physically. And, um, for me, um, you know, trying to pick a career and something I can kind of see myself doing, um, moving forwards in life for the longevity for, you know, is a, is a full-time job and career is, uh, you know, I kind of leaned towards physical therapy. Um, so physical therapy really started for me when I uh, attended school at SUNY Cortland, University. And you made it all four years there? All four years. Yep, that's right. important. Which is impressive, I guess, because you know <laughs> they consider it the 13th grade of Newfield High School where you and I went to school. People go um, to there to be professional beer pong players. Basically. Right, sometimes, <laughs> but you didn't. It, it, it kind of has a bad rep for you know the party scene, but you know to be honest with you, Cortland is a fantastic school. It is, yeah. There's great professors there, and it's it's um, known as a jock school. There's a tremendous um, amount of athletes who go there, and um, uh, they do very well. They go on to do uh, great things, so... Um, I studied exercise science at Cortland with a concentration uh, in kinesiology or vice versa. Um, and then basically was kind of um, in between of, you know, where I was going to go for a career. Physical therapy seemed like a good option. And to be quite honest with you, I, you know, I was kind of in a quandary of, of what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I was taking a lot of liberal arts classes. I was um, just trying to basically avoid the inevitable of trying to pick a major and something that I really wanted to do and excel at. Um, I remember having a sit down conversation after my sophomore year in Cortland uh, with my advisor and she goes, you've already taken as many liberal arts classes as you can. She goes, you're going to have to pick something. And she goes, you know, what do you like? What are your passions? I said, well, I like, you know, the human body, sports and athletics. And she goes, well, why don't you, why don't you try like a, a biology course or an anatomy course? And I said, oh, anatomy. I'm like, that's hard. You know, I don't know if I'll be able to do that anatomy. She goes, well, you have to do, you have to pick something. You have to do something in life. And I said, okay, well, let's give anatomy a shot. And I was, I was petrified because I heard, you know, horror stories about all the memorization and how difficult it was and a lot of studying. Yes. It's intense. It was intense. But taking the class, I realized how much I actually loved studying for it. And how well I was actually doing in the course. I mean, I got A's and A pluses in anatomy. What did so, you like so much about it? Just basically um, everything that kind of encompasses the human body. So I, everything from like the, the neurological system, um, you know, the circulatory, circulatory system and the musculoskeletal system, which is us as physical therapists. I mean, these are things that um, we use every day. So, you know, those, those are certain things that I really took away from anatomy. Um, and then basically... Being on the wrestling team there at Cortland, I, you know, I wrestled for about a year and a half. Did you really? I did, yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so uh, my first year, I was a walk-on my sophomore year. Learned a lot. Um, and then uh, my last year, I, I was battling some injuries, things in that, things like that nature. And then uh, I, I spent a lot of time up in the, in the training room. This is where I kind of got exposed to uh, rehab and athletic training and basically taking care of your body. So the combination of human anatomy um, early on taking these exercise science courses, kinesiology, and then 
uh, essentially being up in the training room, learning how to, you know, do rehabilitation and um, take care of your body was kind of exposed me to uh, the the possibilities of being a physical therapist. And this is kind of where I started my journey. Because wrestling, I was just saying this to somebody the other day. I did a podcast with Anthony Nice. He's in a WWE. He's a professional wrestler, premier athlete, good friend He's from Longwood. Uh, and what's so crazy is that I said wrestlers are like, they're like the best in shape. They have to understand the body because you're cutting weight, you're gaining weight. So you have to understand the science to an extent. So for you, your whole kind of career happened because you walked on, you got into wrestling, got into the training room, and then that's kind of where it started to begin. Essentially, it's kind of where things started. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, growing up, did anybody ever like kind of give you information in that world or was it more of just uh, um, like new stuff? No, to be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm kind of like the odd duck in the family because <laughs> uh, athletes aren't, um, people in my family aren't, aren't necessarily athletes. I mean, um, people almost kind of asked me like, uh, you're the mailman son or something like that because I was kind of like an independent person in the family. You could odd, be, you just don't odd, know. <laughs> who knows, the odd duck out. So, uh, I'm kind of like, uh, independent from things like that. Uh, especially when it runs, you know, with the family. Yeah. So now, so you finished college, right? You know, you, 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 you get all done with that. Walk us through after Cortland. Um, cause that's when your life starts to really shift. So walk us through that. Absolutely. So, you know, I was looking at programs, you know, places I could potentially go to PT school or where should I apply? But in the midst of that, I knew I needed some type of um, understanding a little more in depth of um, not only of, like the athletic training world where I was at Cortland, but basically where I was going to be actually working uh, in the realm of physical therapy and outpatient rehab. So uh, I took it upon myself to um, obtain a full-time physical therapy aid job. Now an aid will essentially assist the therapist in giving, you know, bringing the patients into the treatment room, assisting them with their exercises, applying hot packs, cold packs, things like that, just kind of really making the physical therapist job a little easier throughout the day. So, But while I was there, I was super inquisitive, so always asking questions, prying information from the PTs. I mean, still have good friends from back in 2008 where I was as an aide. I mean, PTs I still talk to today. They're mentors of mine. Um, people really had valuable information to share that I'm super indebted to them and grateful for. So... Uh, why I was there. It wasn't just a job for me. It was like a learning experience. Yeah. Now you were just saying before how you ended up um, giving up something that produced more to go into, to Ohio, right? Right. And you went to the Ohio state. Correct. Right? You have to say it right. The Ohio the state. The Ohio state. I exactly. was in trouble because I say Ohio state and they say it's the no, Ohio the state. The Ohio state. So. And Buckeyes, right? <laughs> Correct. You now they dominate. And um, what, because uh, I think sometimes we don't realize that thin thread or how you can meet somebody, or how a door can open. I think about this, you know, good friend, shout out to Danny, um, and Danny Walsh, he, a uh, good friend of mine, grew up with him, he's my golf partner, um, he beats me a little too much, so he'll be hearing this, uh, but not so long, I'm going to be winning this year, I found out some secrets, but uh, he introduced me to you, he said, you know, you got to meet Keith with what he's doing, his background, and doing a lot for um, the medical world, and physical therapy world, and, and your resume continues to get bigger and bigger, which is awesome. Thank and you, yeah, so you. walk us through with um, your girlfriend and how you made that shift and how having that support, walk us through that. So kind of, you know, steamrolling maybe five, six years ahead. I'm in the physical therapy field um, and I've obtained certifications, dual certifications in orthopedic um, and sports within the realm of physical therapy. These are areas of specialty that you can kind of, um, you know, create more of a niche for yourself and become more of a specialty provider or practitioner. Um, sometimes... Um, at a, coming out of school, some people will go through like formal residency training mm -hmm. or fellowship training in order to be eligible to sit for the exams, or you can go the other route and, and develop and accumulate a, a ton of hours in the clinic working, you know, specifically with that population, whether it's sports or orthopedics, and then, you know, going through the AB, uh, PTS, and then sitting for uh, your board exam. So I, I, you know, was luckily enough to, fortunate enough to sit for both exams, passing, um, and then found myself kind of wanting a little more. You know, I was a lead physical therapist in our Patchogue office at St. Charles, but I was looking to um, just learn more because, you know, let's be honest, you know, in, in any career, especially physical therapy and medicine, um, you know, you, you have to take the oath and the pledge uh, once you graduate school to be a lifelong learner. And, and that's really what I've continued to keep doing since I graduated school in 2011. And I feel like you're never going to know everything. There's always something to know. And I wanted to know more. So I found myself applying for uh, these fellowship programs. Though that I want to touch base on that a little bit before we go into uh, the other part. That is such an important part. And with being a lifelong learner, right, always continue to upgrade your software to make sure that you're 
you're giving new downloads to yourself, right? We upgrade our phone. We don't upgrade our life. Why is that so important, especially in the medicine world? Because anybody listen to this, whatever world you're in, um, <clears throat> we're not getting new downloads of new things, right? Why is that so vital with what you do especially? Well, to be honest with you, in the medical field especially, things are uh, evolving and changing at a very rapid pace. I mean, um, things that took about, you know, 20, 30 years uh, to do to come up with, um, you know, we're developing these things in five, six months, you know, so the time frame is becoming much smaller and things are evolving and changing uh, very quickly. So if you're not staying on top of your game, if you're not reading, you're not into the literature, um, if you're not out there um, looking things up, um, you're going to fall behind and you fall behind real fast. So that's why I took the initiative to really go out there and really better myself and try to do these fellowships or do these residency training programs to really see what's going on out there and see um, um, basically what's out there. Yeah. Know? And you, I'm sure uh, we'll get into that, the AAA and being around those professional baseball players, uh, they need to know what's the best stuff out there for rehab, for Correct. preventing, right? Do you feel like in today's world, I talk about this in the book, we have a very prescribing versus preventing world. And if we have an issue, it's like, oh, prescribe them something instead of preventing it. Could you kind of maybe walk us through and give, I'm interested to, uh, and curious to see your perspective of prescribing versus preventing? So preventative rehab and prophylactic care is becoming paramount now, um, especially in the past five to 10 years um, in, in uh, regards to rehab and physical therapy. <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot of things we can kind of touch on. I'll just try to hit like some of the broad topics, but basically mm -hmm. um, preventing injuries is um, priceless to these athletes. And if we can kind of give them give them an idea of how to understand how to take care of their bodies, uh, what, what certain range of motion or strength or um, things like that um, should look like, um, we can really uh, improve their performance and make sure we're keeping them out of the training room, out of you know, our physical therapy clinics, even though you know we really want them in there. I mean, um, we kind of don't want them in there because we want to make sure that they're staying healthy and they're staying fit. So we're there in case they need us. But to be honest with you, uh, when I, when I discharge patients, I say, hopefully I never see you again, you know, kind of jokingly around. Um, but uh, these things are super important. Yeah. And what are, what are the different levels of taking care of your body? Cause you know, you, you dealt with athletes, but some people listen to this, right? Your body's a temple. It's one of the rocks of life of course. and you have one of them. So take care of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And what are the different levels of taking care of your body? Maybe, Give us some perspective. Somebody's listening to this. They want to get to maybe the next fitness level or health level, right? What are different levels you take care of your body at? I mean, I've seen all levels basically from um, where I am in the rehab clinic dealing just like with the weekend warriors and, um, you know, just your adult average population. And then I've seen at the highest level with the major league athletes um, taking care of their bodies all day, every day. I mean, you know, we kind of joke around with some of the guys who come into the training room. They say they're doing so much recovery. They're doing so many things. You're going to run out of stuff to do. So what, <laughs> what happens if you actually get hurt? Then what do you do? Yeah. So um, they do it They do, at the highest level. They do it right. They do it well. Um, I mean, there's, there's a plethora of, of things that you, that you can do. I mean, there's a lot of science out there. There's a lot of research. <clears throat> I mean, for instance, with the Indians, I mean, we've had guys going into salt caves. We had guys uh, doing float tanks. We had guys... Um, doing like these cryotherapy um, recovery sessions, which about a minute or two. Um, so these are things that are offered out there uh, to help people take care of their body. But to be honest with you, like, if you want to keep it as basic as possible, mm -hmm. sleep and nutrition. Okay, so and hydration. I mean, there's a good book. There's a good book out there that I've read, TB12 um, by Tom Brady. It's an excellent book. Talks mm -hmm. about pliability and hydration. I mean, these are the essential. These are the essential things that you need to really understand in order to take care of your body and make sure you're staying healthy. So your oil change in maintenance. And Tom Brady is a great example of that being of his age Absolutely. that he's at. Because uh, it's not just the outside of it, it's the inside. And I think a lot of people are mistaking, well, your outside looks good, but how's your inside? Exactly. So, you know, you can kind of have this uh, external facade of uh, a six pack. And then I've had people, I've had people come to the clinic. So let's test your core strength. They lift their shirt up. They say, well, I have a, I have a six pack. Look at, look how strong I look, you know? <laughs> so I take them through like a series of tests that really test like the deep internal core muscles, your multifidi, your transverse abdominis, your pelvic floor, things that they have difficulty doing. And they start laughing, joking around like, I can't believe I can't do this. Well, so there's things that uh, you can't really see. That's kind of in the background, right? Yep. Behind the fences that kind of develop that core and create that core. So like you, like you mentioned before, I mean, um, we get things, tricked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, because I think that's um, when you're when you take care of your inner body and then your outside body, you gain energy. I know for me, um, I posted it on social media just a few uh, last week. 
I hurt my shoulder two years ago skiing, dislocated okay. it on like the worst spot of the mountain and had to come down and it sucked because I got, I got overweight. I was like 20, over 20% body fat. And then I went to California and then my friends were like, you know, wow, you like, you really let yourself go. And that pissed me off. And I think sometimes we get injured in life and we don't realize rehab, you can make it just as strong or even stronger than what it was um, with certain <clears throat> situations. And you value your health when you lose it. Of course. There's a big, there's a big mental connection to your physical, um, your physical body. So first of all, you really need to make sure your mind is right before you do anything. And then, you know, rehabilitation, um, is, um, super essential to those things as well. So looking at the little muscles, make sure you're taking care of the little things, which kind of go a long way. And those are the things that as physical therapists and rehab specialists, we practice these things and we also preach these things. Yeah. And but it goes for anybody, whether you're an athlete or not. You just feel better every day. Absolutely. Like you, you have an energy about you. Um, maybe walk us through of how people that you meet, um, any tips that people can do day to day that you do for yourself and that maybe you see people don't do, whether it's eating, whether it's the gym, whether it's um, you know understanding. Because I think when you understand the body, it makes a little more sense to you too. I think with anything in life, it's important to have balance, right? So we talk about homeostasis. Right. So, you know, um, everything is okay for you as long as you're not doing too much of it, you yep. know? So if you're having a couple beers at night or, you know, a glass of wine or eating a little bit of some chocolate or some candy, I mean, all these things are okay for you. But the second that you start doing too much of these things, you know, they could be detrimental to your health and your, your physical and mental well being. So if I had to, you know, give some advice to anyone out there listening to this is balance is huge and, and, and paramount homeostasis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think that's um, that's so important to understand because when it makes sense in your mind, it'll make sense in your day-to-day -day routine. Absolutely. And it becomes, it's like brushing your teeth. You Ru know you know to do it because it's just part of who you are. Routine is important. You know, being on a regimented routine and, and uh, you know, a cycle, uh, I think that's important as well. So making sure you're getting adequate rest, mm -hmm. making sure that you're, you know, you're staying fit and, you, and you're working out, you know, three, four times a day. I mean, you're talking about just the average, the average Joe. I mean, these are things that are important. Three or four times a day? Three or four times per week. Sorry. I was like, damn, I, I got to, um, yeah, I, I was going to say, sorry I was like, damn, I'm slacking on that, man. I was like, crap. Three or four <laughs> times per week. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, it's, and it's, it's, it's your oil change of life without a doubt. And understanding the food. I remember when I went to college, I went to Stony Brook. I used to have these apple puffs uh, that my parents, and I talk about this in the, in the book where uh, they would eat not the best stuff. And I didn't realize it because you're not educated on education, but it's your responsibility to do that. You're not just kind of, it's not part of your DNA. And like, oh, I know about education, but I learned about saturated fats and polyunsaturated and cholesterol and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. My first year in college, I come back, I'm like, guys, throw all this crap out. This is no good. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what? We can throw out the cannolis and this and that and the apple puffs. I'm like, I looked at the apple puffs. There was 18 grams of saturated fat. I'm like, that's not good, you know? And I was like, and then unfortunately, years later, my mom had a clogged artery. My dad, you know, almost passed away and thank God they're good. But like, I'm, I'm nutrition, like, um, uh, police at the house. I'm like, throw this crap out. No, 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 no. <laughs> and you have to be, because if you love somebody, you, you know, a friend's going to tell you what you want to hear. And, you know, they say a mentor is going to tell you what you need to hear. But as a friend, tell them what people need to hear because that's a true friend. Absolutely. And, you know, go, kind of going back to nutrition, I, I will never claim to be a nutritionist. I mean, that's, that's not really my realm or my expertise. But um, talking about, you know, essential things, basic things, those things that, you know, I have a grasp on and I can kind of educate the general population on, especially my athletes. So, um, yeah, because it, it goes in hand in hand. It, if that's not good, then things are going to happen later. Absolutely. I mean, everything is connected. So, you know, how much you're sleeping, your nutrition, your hydration, um, how well you're preparing, um, how much recovery and rest you're getting. And then obviously, you know, taking care of your body on a, on a smaller level. Well, I guess you can call it a bigger level, but using the smaller things, the little things in life, which actually propel you into doing yeah. great things. And that's kind of where like rehab and prophylactic care and preventative care comes in. What about like vitamin, vitamins and minerals? I mean, I know a lot of food and I know this is not, you know about this. It's not, um, you know, a huge area that you focus much, but you know, nutrition and, and minerals and vitamins, is that a big part to making sure you get in the right hundred percent? Absolutely. And again, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend that I know something that I don't. I mean, I'm not a nutritionist, but I mean, those things are very essential. And uh, I mean, they're easy to look up. I mean, you can Google this stuff. I mean, everything's online these days. I mean, you can, yeah. go, to, you can go to the bookstore, go on Amazon, buy a nice book. I mean, 
20, 30 bucks to really break these things down for you and explain it to you on a more of a, yeah. um, a scientific, specific uh, type of level. Then it makes sense for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So now, you know, with all this and everything, this is good information. We'll kind of jump back later. Now you go and go to the Ohio State Correct. and then walk <laughs> us through that time because it's pretty interesting. You were in spring training with the Cleveland Indians. So you're around like rookie ball to major league baseball. And getting around that, you know, and listen in because you're going to hear the mindset of just because you got to see what they do day to day, why they operate on such a high level. And so walk us through that. Before we kind of get into that, I just kind of want to touch base on, um, you know, the risk of of leaving my job. I mean, I, I, you know, to be honest with you, my girlfriend, uh, Desiree, we had we had a good life in Patchogue. We lived on the river. I had a nice job at the office. I was a, uh, a mentor for a lot of students, taking care of um, a lot of patients and athletes in the clinic. I mean. And this opportunity presented itself. It was a very difficult decision for me to, you know, take that risk, move to Ohio, um, go to a, a city and a state, people where I, you know, I didn't know, um, things that I wasn't familiar with, um, and leaving a lot of my friends, my family in, in a really good situation behind. So it was a big risk factor. I feel like I've, you know, in my mind, if I was taking two or three steps backwards, um, hopefully it would propel me forwards about five to 10 steps. Right. So that, that was the train of thought and it worked out extremely well. You know, I'm, I'm very um, grateful that I, that, that I made the move. Um, but, but going there um, to be honest with you, you know, my girlfriend, she's a sweetheart. She's a saint. You know, I love her to death and mm. she was, uh, you know, encouraging, inspiring for me to, to go out there and, and, you know, she had uh, my support or, you know, I had, she had my full support and, uh, you know, I'm really indebted to her and we went out there and we were a team, you know, so we really learned how to trust each other and That's take care awesome. of each other. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, she takes a special person to do that. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm proud, proud of her and proud of us. And, you know, we really made it through that. So, Shout out to you, Desiree. Where'd yeah. you guys meet? I'm curious. We actually met um, in Patchogue, believe it or not. So out yeah. and about. Out and about, out and about. Was she your beer pong partner? Is that what it was? She wasn't. She no, wasn't. Okay. <laughs> this, this is post. This is post Cortland. Cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's awesome, man. Well, I know you guys have a great future. It's nice having that support system there. Absolutely. And and all that. So walk us through spring training and, and getting to the Ohio State and maybe that program because it's really interesting. Yeah. So uh, the Ohio State Fellowship, um, the Upper Extremity Fellowship. Um, I would recommend to any physical therapist who's out there and they're trying to get some more experience and they're trying to get, you know, trying to network and, and learn more about. Uh, sports medicine especially professional baseball that you really seek out this program because uh second to none um great people there i mean at ohio state i mean i'm truly uh, grateful for the the network and the connection i made out there um with the co my colleagues there and, and the staff and and the cleveland indians is a class act i mean amazing organization from top to bottom i mean they're great. They, they really know their stuff and you know you get a lot of the the baseball players coming through there and I mean, they've been throughout you know multiple systems in in major league baseball and they say Hey, you know, I got to let you know, I mean, this is obviously your first year doing this, but I got to tell you, you learn from the best here because I've been with other baseball teams and the medical organization here, they're on top of their game. They care about us and they really know their stuff. So you're learning from truly the best. So real quick, what, what did you see different, like their organization, their culture of the Cleveland Indians? Cause every team across, mm -hmm. you know, sports, um, in major league baseball, football, there's, there's a different culture, just like a family, different mm -hmm. culture, different environment. What did you kind of audit? and see in the Cleveland Indians culture and organization? I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. So take a look at them with the fellowship programs that are, that are out there. There's one with the Kansas City Royals, um, and there's one with the Cleveland Indians. So the fact that they're willing to take somebody in, bring someone in that they don't know, who they have a good feeling about, you know, they're, they're, they're willing to, to teach them, to educate them, to bring them under the wing, and maybe, you know, show them how professional baseball works with sports medicine. I mean, that just speaks volumes, you know, like they're, they're a caring organization, you know, they care about the player, they care about their people on the medical, on the medical staff, and they care about the profession. So that comes across, yeah, that comes across and you can see that right away, especially you know, when you're applying these programs, you're like, you know, they care about you and they care about what they're doing. So, I mean, that was important to me. And I think that's such a huge nugget to any organization or, or business that you're in or anything team that you're building is that you have to be able to see talent in somebody that maybe doesn't see talent themselves yet or giving that opportunity. Correct. Because, you, you know, we're all seeds. We just got to be planted into the right, you know, environment, the right culture. Absolutely. Uh, to prosper and grow. And that's what the Indians did for you. Absolutely. So, you know, they, um, they, they saw something in my resume and in my interview and, they took a chance on me and, and uh, you know, I, I think it worked out pretty well. So uh, um, I'm, 
I'm grateful for them and the opportunity that I had. Absolutely. Yeah. What'd you learn about being around like, um, spring training and the athletes and triple a cause triple a is, is your major league baseball. Basically it's guys that are about to go or getting prepped. So what did you see the, the mindset of a champion, uh, somebody that's going into from minors into majors? Yeah, it's a good question because, um, all these guys are hungry, right? They're, they're, um, they're competing and they want to be at the highest level. So, I mean, um, this is not a game. I mean, even though it is a game and they're supposed to have fun, this is their work. This is their, this is their business. This is how they make money and this is how they're going to, you know, excel and exceed in life. So, um, they take every day very seriously. They come in, they're, they're all about, go about their business, about prepping in the training room, making sure they're getting ready before they go out for their skills and their bullpens. And, you know, they're really, um, seeking a lot of trust from the trainers and the medical staff there to take care of them. Um, they go out, they do that. They, they, they come back in, um, they take care of their bodies after their, their, um, their training and their skill set uh, sessions. And we're taking care of them again. Um, and then, uh, they're going back out and they're, they're playing games and then, um, making sure that, you know, we're staying on top of these things, but, um, they handle every day. Like it's, it's business because it is. Um, and, um, if you don't have that mindset or that mind frame, especially in professional athletics, uh, it's going to be very hard and difficult to succeed because you can get released at any time. You can. I mean, I, I, t- I've talked about the lot in podcast book is, um, you can get released tomorrow. And, uh, if you're, you know, depending on your contract and I think sometimes in entrepreneurship or business, right, especially entrepreneurship and business, you can't really get released. You're getting released from success because you're, you're kind of the architect of your future, whether Correct. it's business, but if it's like the career world, the job world, you can get be gone tomorrow. If you don't perform, mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, bring to the table, maybe could you talk about like the off field mentality versus the on field mentality, how, what you do behind scenes will show up in the in scene in life with whatever it is, whether it's sports business and, you know, behind closed doors compared to the outside world. I mean, talking off, off field, like not in the training room or like not prepping at home. Like, you know, cause what you do at home, right. Is getting you ready for helping a triple a guy, you know, rehabbing. And it goes to all areas of life. What a player was doing at home or what I was doing at home to take both. care of these players. Yeah. Both that you've I mean, seen. Yeah. So it kind of starts with the fellowship and it starts with, um, you know, making sure that you're diving into the literature and diving into the research and diving into notes, making sure that you're understanding everything at its highest level. I mean, we talk about research out there from, case studies into systematic reviews and randomized control trials. You're, you're looking at the best research, the best literature, and you're trying to apply these things, um, to your job and, and, and to these athletes. So making sure that they're, they're getting the best care that they can possibly get. I mean, that's how I prepare basically, you know, but I'm not at work. I mean, I'm, I'm making sure that I'm staying, you know, again, up yeah. par and in tune with the medical field and making sure that we're, we're staying in line with, you know, the trends and things that are happening. Cause let's be honest, things change and you need to stay, you know, if you're not staying up, you know, with the times you're falling behind hundred percent. And I call it downloads. You have to be downloading every day. Like I'm downloading right now. I'm, I'm learning from you and we, we don't download stuff and the downloading that you do off the field will get you ready for on the field. Absolutely. And that's, that's kind of like the, um, the model of the, uh, the fellowship that I went through. So in the, in the early stages, a huge didactic component to it where you're learning all this information about the upper extremity, the shoulder, the elbow, and basically sports medicine and baseball. So they, they teach you the elements and the essential things that you're going to need to know and learn before you head into spring training, you know, with the Cleveland Indians, yep. with the minor league organization, basically all the way down you know, to rookie ball. So that was an important, um, uh, part for me in, in, in developing, uh, you know, as a clinician, as a PT and as a person really. So that stuff was, was super important for me. Yeah. Um, what are some f- funny moments that you've, uh, oh being boy. in the locker room or different stuff and things that, you know, good times. Cause I know the culture is fun. I mean, baseball, I mean, let's be honest, baseball <laughs> guys, I mean, yeah. they're, they're giant goof, <laughs> they're giant are, goofballs. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, there's so many moments, so many things that happen, you know, give just, us like two or three. Come on. You got to Dana. Actually, we had him, you know, a couple months ago. Um, I know when you were doing the video, which it will be underneath the link, you got to check out his video background. It's an awesome video uh, of Keith and everything, but they called you a prima donna or like, you know, what are you going to be famous or something? All right. So when, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, Toro college came to, um, the Ohio state university. They found out where I was, what I was doing. They, and they, um, they loved it and they wanted to, um, promote it on their website. So uh, I was more than happy enough to do that for them. They've done so much for me over the years. So they sent a film crew 
out to uh, Columbus. And we, we got some footage of me in the clinic working with some athletes. Um, I did an interview and um, they spent some time at the ballpark following me around. And, you know, obviously, like the Indians were aware of it. And you know, I spoke to the trainer about it, the GM of the team. Everyone was aware that um, a film crew was coming, probably except for the players. So <laughs> when they had me... When they had me in the training room, they started filming me, and they followed me around everywhere. It was pretty funny. So um, some of the, some of the guys who came in, especially some of the veteran guys um, who've been in the major leagues and in other major leagues, they came into the training room. They looked at me. They looked at the the film crew, and they said, "What is going on right now? What is this?" So we all started laughing, and the trainer said, "He goes, uh, it's Keith's little film crew. He's going to be uh, on Hollywood. He's going to be." Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be out there he's gonna be a superstar and they just started cracking up laughing just shaking their head like oh excuse me mr hollywood i'm sorry <laughs> go about your day go about your business because yeah, they're a professional athlete they're right. like why are we not getting filmed why is this guy getting filmed I mean, it was it was really hysterical it's funny but without you you know they don't operate maybe the way that they need to or, right and you know you said to me we were having a conversation a couple of weeks ago how um having empathy and understanding that people are going to come to you and you need to be able to deal with the problem that they have because they're Correct. coming to you when they're injured. Correct. Right? And I think, and that's so cliche, and I want you to go into that because we talked a little bit about that empathy and, and dealing with injured people. With whatever business that you're in, whatever career you're in, people are coming to you to solve a problem that they mm -hmm. may have. If you can't solve their problem, you're out of business, mm -hmm. right? With whatever it is in life. So talk about empathy a little bit and then sure. helping people that are injured. I mean, we have sympathy and we have empathy, right? Sympathy is probably something that um, obviously that you haven't gone through personally, right? You can kind of relate, but empathy is something was well, vice versa, right? So um, being empathetic to somebody's situation is super important. Um, and I can kind of, you know, I have a, a specific story I could probably shed light on. Mm -hmm. When I was with the team, we had a, an athlete on the team who um, was been has been in and out of the major leagues, basically in the major leagues for about 12 to 15 years, kind of near the end of his career. Had a traumatic injury. Um, it was a very depressing uh, time for him because he's starting to think about potential retirement. Yeah. Um, so you know, with with that in mind, the trainer had, had mentioned to me. He goes, "Hey, listen, um, I have this athlete here. I, I'd really like you to take care of him, take a look at him, and um, and and get him ready for for his surgery, and take care of him after that." So you know, kind of looking back at the situation being new to professional baseball and dealing with all these million dollar athletes and these pros. I mean, it was a little intimidating for me to be honest with you. So they, they, these guys have this external facade. I mean, a million dollar, they make millions of dollars, you know, they're, they're, they're famous or, you know, everyone knows who they are. And then all of a sudden now they kind of fall in your lap and you, you know, you're expected to take care of this guy and you got to bring your A plus game to the, to the ballpark every single time. So it's a little intimidating, but uh, as you get to know somebody, um, the ex that external facade, you kind of you know you can kind of get into the the internal components of that person, because um, let's be honest. I mean, looking watching TV, these guys look like um, you know famous people, and you know they're out there. And uh, let's be honest, uh, you know the they're they're just people, and we're all just human beings. So when you go yeah. to, when you when you go to work with these when, we, when you go to work with these guys. Um, you start to develop a connection with them and, and you're there to help them and help along with the process and they start to have a trust in you and you're taking care of them. And it's just, it's just a different type of connection. Yeah. And that's where I think relationships are built, where Absolutely. there's vulnerability, there's um, empathy, there's understanding. And like you said, we have this facade. It's this, um, this avatar, this phantom success that we have. And I always talk about that. And I think what you said is so true. Um, sometimes people let their money and their status be the only thing that they are, mm -hmm. Right. So, for example, I heard this the other day, and I thought this was so profound. If I ask you right now, I'm like, who are you? Who are you? Keith Levinson, physical okay. therapist. So basically, what I do, and you can do this with anybody, and here's a little secret to you all out there, and you can do this with people, is I would, I'm going to write on a piece of paper, and basically, as I write on this piece of paper, I'm going to put your name. So basically, you just told me that you're a combination of letters and a word. So that's who are you really, Keith? What are you all about? Exactly. And I think a lot of times in life, we're defined by the name that was given to us, not by the root of who we are. Mm -hmm. 
And when you kind of understand that, some people are, are, I hate to say it like this, but some people are so broke, all they have is money and, and, and status. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't define who you are. It's it's being humble, it's being thankful. And that's why some of the best athletes, like um, I was talking to actually Daniel Cavalier, and he was talking about Mariano Rivera, and he's such a humble guy. He's made millions, but his his millions doesn't define who he is. His roots of his his faith and giving back. And I think that's such an important thing. And I feel that about you. And that's why I know you're going to do great things because you have such a humble spirit. You know, you have that kind spirit. And I think those are the people that really excel, um, you know, especially after sports too, that life after sports mentality, because it's not fun after you're done with a career or the thing that you do. Um, Sometimes God will draft, um, you know, the first dream that you have will be a draft for you to get you for your real dream. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, and I think that's, that's important, but that's good stuff. Yeah. But I mean, really, you know, just kind of reiterating what I was saying before, a little clear, clearing up a little bit. I mean, just kind of breaking through with these guys and understanding who they are as people because they are truly individuals and people and they have um, internal thoughts and emotions. And then, you know, as you start to, I mean, let's be honest with you, when you're doing rehab, you're spending a lot of time with these guys, man. Two, three, four hours at the ballpark, you know, at a clip. So you really um, start to get to know somebody. They get to know you and, and, and they, they kind of lean towards you. You're an ear for them, right? Mm-hmm. So they want to talk, you listen, right? And um, you start to develop like this rapport and this relationship. It kind of just goes beyond medicine and beyond physical therapy. Like you start to, start to develop like a bond and a relationship and a connection. So, um, Did you always have that or did life kind of prepare you for that kind of connection and that trust and that rapport? With physical therapy? Because just, you can know the stuff, but how do you like people buy into you first? Not, I, of not course, you know, yeah. I think a lot of a lot of the stuff is kind of innate in your nature. It's I, I, I mean, it's, it's it's hard to teach these things, right? So it's intuitive. You know, you either kind of know, you either have it or you don't. I mean, baseball players, it's kind of funny. They walk around the clubhouse and say, "This is their terminology. Do you have feel or do you not have feel? Feel meaning, do you understand somebody or do you not understand somebody? Mm. Can you relate? Can you not relate? Um, and it, I think it's just an innate thing." that you have initially. And as you, you know, as, the more, the more you do this, you know, you become better at your craft. You start to uh, progress and, you know, and refine those things as you move on. The more and more people that you kind of interact with and you treat. Yeah. This is good stuff. I love this, man. This is because <laughs> you, you realize that success is very duplicatable in, in all different arenas and it's just, it's a different model. It's a different business. It's a different career. Right. Um, but when you dig deep down and kind of see the underlining things, it's, it's very similar. And it's it's actually it's motivating because you just got to study it and then apply it over here. Of course, I mean, like I said, I mean, million dollar athlete on TV, famous, but at the end of the day, you spend time with these people or these athletes on mm-hmm. a, on a real level. You really start to understand that we're all just human beings, we're all just individuals, and we really connect very similar. Yes, as long as you want to let them, or you know, if you want to, if he lets you connect with him, or you let yourself connect with them. So. Yep. It's really just about you know getting someone to open up, and then you can really see their true colors, and then um, help them along that process. Yeah. What about dealing with like as you're whether in sports and doing what you're doing, dealing with failures and kind of crushing times, right? How do you have you had some crushing times or some failures that resonate with you, and then how do you kind of get out of those times? <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, you know, people have always had things kind of happen, come up in their life, and things that you know you, you think would want to go well or and didn't work out the way you wanted to, but you, you just you just put your pedal to the metal, you know. I don't say you keep your head down, you keep your head up, and you keep pushing forwards, and stay dedicated and driven to what it is that you really truly believe in, and you just kind of push through those things. Um, that's always been my motto, you know. I never I never really give up on anything. If something gets me down or something doesn't really work out, I'll find a solution. Where'd or, that come from, though? It's it's tough to really say, you know. I think just over the years, like my trials, my tribulations. Um, I really owe a lot of my success early on to actually soccer. When I played soccer for Newfield High School, I had a really great coach, uh, Coach Don Russo. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he preached the three Ds in life, dedication, discipline, and uh, desire. So, I mean, a lot of those things I are, like that. Say that again. The three Ds in life, dedication, discipline, and desire. That's great. So, coupled with that and wrestling, which is an individualized team sport, um, you learn a lot about yourself. And you learn how to kind of take those experiences and those events and, and translate them into real life. And, I, and I've used that over the course of many, many years, um, you know, with uh, life, like with relationships, girlfriends, friends, things that have, have happened throughout life, family, uh, with school and um, with my career. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like when you look at soil, um, it's it's crushed by rock. It's part composition, right? Mm-hmm. right? But then that we were talking about that before when we were, you know, uh, upstairs. And 
how then it turns into soil, uh, the rock, but then it turns into an area that can grow harvest for you and for others as well. And we look at these crushing times of life or these failures as like, you know, but you can't stay down there. That's what people do. You can't. And you see that with athletes. There's another at bat. What I love about baseball is like, hey, as long as you're in the lineup, you have another at bat. You have another game. I mean, some quotes that kind of stick out in my mind. I mean, have you seen, um, uh, what's the name of that movie with, uh, shoot, Andy Dufresne. What's the name of that movie? I'm bad with movies, man. Uh, I just know like Billy Madison. Morgan Freeman and Andy <laughs> Dufresne. There's, there's a certain movie where he ends up in jail. Anyways, um, there's a quote in the movie where Morgan Freeman goes, get busy living or get busy dying. Mm, right? Yep. So it's important. You're always on your horse. You're moving forwards. You're progressing in life. Yeah. No, that's... It's right on point. And people that inspired you, Keith, who's, who's kind of inspired you, people that have really motivated you if you had to pick out a couple of people? Wow. Wow. Inspirational people. Um, or pro- things that you've done that inspired you. Mm. I mean, I mean, you got you to just think like your family, right? I mean, my mother's probably one of them. And my mother's a huge inspiration in my life. I mean, oh. so, I mean, just how she goes about everything. And uh, she's not a quitter. Uh, you know, she really took care of us. She, uh, she helped me grow up and, you know, I mean, she's definitely one of them, uh, an inspirational motivating factor in my life and uh, my family. And then, and obviously like all my colleagues and my friends and just like my life experiences along the way, have really kind of cultivated me and, um, grew me and kind of prepared me all the stuff I've been doing right now. Yeah. Were you yeah. going to say Rocky before Rocky? No, uh, I thought, cause I thought you were going to say it before Rocky, but, um, but it's, it's that kind of that comeback story of just uh, realizing your worth. And I think in today's culture, identity is a huge issue, but knowing your worth. And you always, do you think you always knew your worth? You knew what you were capable of? And you I don't, have to, you know. I don't think initially. And, um, and, you know, and, and to be honest with you, Steve, I mean, even still now, sometimes it's hard to really have you understand like your true worth. But I mean, I think other people have seen that in me um, and, and they see it probably maybe a little more than I do. Yeah. And I'm really thankful and grateful for that. I mean. I'm really fortunate and blessed, to, you know, to come back to St. Charles Hospital where I was working now and back now, and you know, our VP of uh, of the hospital, Laura Beck, you know, she had a lot of has has a lot of faith and a lot of trust in me and my 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 colleague John Ebinger um, with regards to us, you know, creating and, and grooming this program that we're doing. So I mean, she's a prime example of that. So you know, I'm I'm really yeah. grateful for those things. With that inspiration of people, you were telling me before, and I thought this was so interesting, is that there's different levels of um, of teaching, right? Or like the student, then you're the mm-hmm. teacher, then you're the mentor. Right. And I thought that was awesome. Could you walk us through your perspective of that? So the cycles of life. So, I mean, if I had to take one thing away that, you know, one of the, one of the many things that, you know, I took away from the program over at uh, the Ohio State University was um, a different perspective on humility. So kind of going through these cycles of life and I'll get back to the humility part of it, but um, going through PT school, you're the student. Coming out of PT school, you start to become a little more of a mentor. Students are coming into the clinic, you're teaching them, you're educating them, you're taking information that you've learned throughout school and trying to pass it along to them. Now, do you know everything that has, has to do with physical therapy in life? No, you don't. No one ever really truly knows everything. Um, that's why it's called a lifelong learning, yeah. lifelong learning venture or, or adventure, yep. right? And it's exciting. It's really exciting. And then basically what happens is, what happened to me was I kind of went, I took some steps back and I became the student again at the fellowship. So now I'm amongst colleagues um, who are the same age as me. They've been in PT school or they've been out of PT school rather for the same amount of time. Um, and now I'm taking the back seat as the student. So really understanding and appreciating, you know, the true definition of humility, how to be humble, how to really put your ego aside and how to um, really just sit there and try to take it all in and be a sponge. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, one of, one of the many things that I really learned from this program is just being uh, humble about stuff and, Really, um, you know, having other people, I mean, this, let's be honest, it's what I went out there to do. I went out there to learn and be the student, not to be the mentor or the, or the teacher. And you need to know what cycle you're in. Of course. What role you're in. So now I'm back in the cycle of being uh, um, a teacher and an educator back at, back at uh, St. Charles and especially in the community, giving back to the community. Yeah. Uh, making sure that um, everyone is educated and what is it we're doing and taking care of people because... You know, my, you know, someone said it best, your degree is just as good as, you know, being on the wall. If you're not using it, you're not out there, you're educating, you're teaching people, you're lecturing, you're getting out of the community and you're really you know, making a difference in people's lives. So that's really like a, an important component and the reason why I do this fellowship to, to, to change people's lives. And I think we're, we're starting to do that now. 
Yeah. If you leave your water at home and you're in the desert, you, you should have brought it with you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's really good. What about, because with that, I think this goes so hand in hand, um, is that with your levels of teaching and being a student, being a coach, I think technology, what's the future of medicine uh, or, or just physical therapy or just things, because things are always evolving. And that's why you have to be learning, especially in your field, in your world, but not just in your field and world, it's in life. Like of course. We stopped learning at 21 years old, 22, where we're letting other things teach us instead of us teaching ourselves and discovering things. You know, that's why when I look at certain things like the TV or social media, you got to make sure the newsfeed of life that you're kind of discovering is newsfeed that's helping you progress and helping you make life easier and simpler. Of course. Right? So talk about maybe the future of medicine and technology and how it's evolving because we don't realize it sometimes. Well, I think, you know, some of the important things, the future of medicine is, is kind of here, but we're, we're refining these things. I mean, a couple of things I can really think of as an example is biologics and um, stem cell research and platelet-rich plasma, which is um, big in the medical field these days. Now, we call PRP is a platelet-rich plasma injection, um, and we can use this with um, average um, patients, and it's very huge uh, with athletes and in uh, and, and sports medicine. So basically, you know, PRP has been around for a little while, but we're trying to find the right dosage or the right time or the right person to use it on with the right injury. I mean, there's, there's components of it that we haven't really refined yet, and we're trying to understand these things and learn these things. But platelet-rich plasma is basically, if I were to eject in, um, take your blood, Steve, I'd put it in an expensive centrifuge machine, spin the blood, take the healthy components of the blood, um, and inject it back into the site that's injured and really accelerate that healing time. Wow, so really? Those are things that have been going on for a while now. And I was fortunate enough to work with one of the pioneers of it, uh, Dr. Luga Podesta. Huh. Uh, was out on the West Coast um, in California. Yeah, I was actually fortunate enough to work with him at, um, a couple of years back when he was with St. Charles. He's no longer with us now. Unfortunately, he's down in Naples, Florida doing uh, great things down there. But, you know, we still stay in touch. But he's one of the pioneers in the field of, of uh, human biologics, and I learned a lot That's from so him. That's so crazy. Um, so those are things that are going on now. And, and, and another thing, you know, just to kind of um, give you another example is um, we just at St. Charles, this is brand new to St. Charles. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm excited. I'd like to promote this is a blood flow restriction training. Now, this is something that um, a lot of professional organizations and teams are using, especially in the Major League Baseball. I was exposed to it with Cleveland. Um, it's a surgical tourniquet cuff that is essentially hooked up to um, an internal Doppler, uh, the state-of-the-art equipment that we have through Delphi. Uh, we took the Owen Science Recovery Course, and what it does is it's a surgical tourniquet unit you'll put on the peripheral, uh, on the extremity, whether it's your, your arm or your leg. It will take your max occlusion blood pressure, and then we set it to a certain occlusion, whether you want to work at 80% occlusion or 50% occlusion for the lower body or, or the upper body. Um, and you'll exercise with this tourniquet cuff on. Now you, you know you're, you're looking at me like this. This this sounds crazy. No, like, it's why, amazing. Why like, would I'm... somebody do this? Like you know, restrict their blood flow into their extremity. There's a lot of good research out there. There's a lot of good studies, basically indicating the, um, the positive effects that this can have on your body, um, especially with an athlete. Um, so, and it creates it creates like this hypoxic environment where it tricks the body and thinking how it's working out much harder than, than it truly is. And mm. the positive benefits about this is that you don't have to put a lot of stress and a lot of load through your joints and get the same effect that you would by putting a lot of stress and load through your joints. Is it kind of like when you, cause I know when you, when I ski uh, at higher altitudes, you're, you go back down to lower altitudes. That's why mm. you boxers will train at higher altitudes. You're, right. you're, you're pushing more, but then you, it, you're able to deal with the lower altitudes better. A little different just because you're limiting the amount of oxygen. I mean, it's similar in that, in that mm -hmm. fashion, but you're limiting the amount of oxygen going into the extremity, into the muscular tissue, and you're, you're limiting the amount of um, venous return going back to the heart. So it creates like this cellular swell. And with cellular swelling and decreased oxygen, you're going to create a lot of lactate. And with lactate comes a lot of insulin growth factor, a yep. lot of human growth hormone. Um, they're kind of just stagnant around in the muscular tissue, and it creates more of a time like a bigger window of opportunity for it to penetrate and infiltrate into the muscular tissue, which helps with cellular repair and growth and protein synthesis. So we're using this uh, at St. Charles for a variety of things for our prophylactic patients, right? So for preventative care, we're using it for recovery, we're using it for restoration and obviously for rehabilitation. So there's many, many facets that you can use this for. And this is like cutting edge 
Um, it's really cool. Re- rehab at its finest that it's been out there for years, probably the last past five or 10 years becoming more mainstream. Um, it actually kind of originated back in Japan, um, probably in the seventies called Katsu training and really kind of caught on in the States maybe five or 10 years ago. And now it's, it's becoming more mainstream articles are coming out. Research is coming out. Um, we're really understanding like the true benefits of how this is, um, uh, helping in, um, um, keeping athletes healthy and on the field. And to be honest with you, I like to use it with our pitchers um, and with the overhead athlete because not only can we use it for prehab and keeping the arm healthy, but we can use it for recovery. So this is big after a bullpen session or a, a start for um, for a starter on, on, on any any type of level. I mean, basically we're talking about maybe a high school varsity level up mm-hmm. to the collegiate, obviously up to the pros. So this will help them recover much faster as well. That's awesome. What about stem cell? Can you walk us through? Because I'm, I'm so curious about it. And a lot of people in the world, um, you know, like, is it, I mean, I know you may not know too much about it, but it's kind of, um, it's a lot of people have ups and downs of it, right? Right. Um, stem cell, it's not really a, you know, um, a forte of mine. That's something I really know too much about. I'm a little more about the platelet rich plasma, but, um, yeah, it's a different kind of a field and different kind of area. With a that. little different, yeah. a little different. But I know there's a lot of information online, understanding the stem cell world, harvesting, harvesting, um, bone marrow and grafts and things like that. And, uh, using it, you know, essentially, um, the same fashion that you would like a platelet rich plasma injection. We, we're talking about, you know, accelerating healing time and trying yeah. to, you know, replicate or um reverse the process of yeah. damaged tissue so you know that's kind of where stem cell is now and kind of where it's going yeah it's our, the human body's amazing and and i'm sure it's fun discovering it more and more with all the different things and i know stent research was um was actually created was it at stony brook i believe um I'm, I'm, don't quote me because i know when my dad went out when he had his heart attack they took care of him there and so it's it's amazing how discoveries or things from the 70s and 80s evolve and then come back right. when we don't even realize and it. Here we go again with this cycle again, right? Yeah. So everything is very cyclic in nature. And, um, you know, we kind of go through these phases and we kind of go back to things that we're, that we're accustomed to and that we're used to. So um, always getting back to the basics, which I like. I always like using the basics in the clinic. Yeah. But so it's so interesting to, reading this uh, and understanding it. So thank you. You know, it's really been a pleasure just having you here and, and hearing all this. And I know Seven Rock Life Podcast Nation, you guys um, have enjoyed just hearing everything, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's exciting with what you're doing. And I know people are going to be able to follow you and, and check you out. And um, I know you're going to do big things because it's just the way you carry yourself, the information you know, Keith, uh, you just, you have a great spirit about you and, uh, and you deserve only the best. And um, so we have one more question, right? Um, so we, we end every single podcast with this, right? Okay. Have you, have you heard the question? My yeah. goal, my, my future goals in life or? Well, actually let's do this, I, right? I well, what are your, what are your, what's the future like for you? And then I'll give you the, the end all be all question, right? So what are some future goals for you and what you want to accomplish and do you think? So right now I'm at St. Charles Sports Medicine, mm-hmm. uh, co-clinical coordinator of the program and, and, and my um, next five, three to five year goal is to basically make this um, program as big as we possibly can, take care of all the athletes in Suffolk County and Nassau County and get our name out there and make sure that. Um, we're doing the right thing by everybody and we're taking care of everybody the way that we should be. So growing the program, um, and, you know, expo- giving back to the community and, you know, the staff that we have there. I mean, I really just kind of want to touch on that real quick. We haven't, the staff we have at St. Charles is second to none. I mean, we have people there who work, um, day in, day out, who really care about what they do. They care about their career. Um, and we're really just all in it for, the patients were there for the athletes were there to take care of everybody mission so, and impact and purpose a lot, very yeah. very selflessness um behavior you know so it's what you really need in the medical field what advice would you give people building organizations or communities right um to kind of that purpose and mission has to be clear mm-hmm. and you probably see that at saint charles i think you know as a leader you need to be empowering right so you need to make sure that you're giving back to everybody and that you're readily available you're answering questions and that you're very encouraging and mm-hmm. you're very supportive with it, with whatever anybody wants to do i mean i think that's a huge component of being a leader and, and building a good practice or building a good business yeah and it continues to prosper absolutely and, and move forward and not just um you know you either going backwards or going forward and you know you're 
organization and the hospital you're with in St. Charles, they're progressing. And that's, I think that's why you're so excited about oh, I'm really being a excited part of that. Yeah. I'm super excited. I think there's a lot of great things to come and I, I can't wait to see what the future really brings. Yeah. Awesome. And we'll send some people to, you know, uh, I'm going to post on the bottom your, uh, uh, social media or anything that you have and then also the the video uh, you got to check it out uh he's got great stuff that he's doing and so i'm gonna i'm gonna end it with the last question so you ready for this keith okay all right this is the end all be all question ready <laughs> so if you had a billboard for the whole world to see mm-hmm. what would your message be to the world what would my message be to the world so if you had a billboard for the whole world to see mm-hmm. what would your message be to the world love each other why love each other. I think it's important that we all come together as a, as a community and as, as human beings and we take care of one another and we support one another. So really love each other. I think that's super important in life. Bam! I love go. it. Love is the most <laughs> powerful language in the world and we all speak it. Right. Well, thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate it. We've been blessed with your presence and, and all the knowledge. I know I learned, you know, and uh, so make sure you guys, you know, share this, uh, check it out on uh, on our social media, Seven Rock Life uh, and, and Steven Zerko and uh, we're just so blessed for each and every one of you guys listening. Take this content, share it. It's all about stories that inspire with people that you admire. And you're somebody that we definitely admire, Keith. And I know you're going to continue to do amazing things. So I'll give you a pound. Steve, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Nah, no worries. Great job, guys. Check us all out. Love you all. Have a blessed day. And uh, make sure you live to inspire every day. Seven Rock Life.